I think you change the world by going to the places in the world that God trusted you with and shining your light there. There's some of you that are thinking, yeah, Annie, that's great for you. Like people like you are doing that. Wahoo. But like, I'm a nobody. I only go to this job and then I go to that gym and then I go to bed. Like that's literally my day. What difference is that going to make in the world? And I say that because I felt that way too at times. I looked at people that were saying things like this and maybe had a platform or were so well-known. And I was like, but I'm a nobody. What difference am I going to make? Do you not understand that there are people in your life that I'm never going to meet? There's people in your life that Taylor Swift is never going to meet. There's people in your life that God trusted you with at your job, at your workplace, at your apartment, in your neighborhood, in your family, that that person you think is so much better than you and has so much more influence than you is never going to get to speak to. But you can. And that's how the world changes. I believe God put a specific light in your heart for a purpose, for you to shine it into this world in a way that nobody else can, a light that is unique as the print on your finger. And our job is to take that light and go love people with it in this world. Everywhere you go, you have a ministry. You don't just have to be a preacher to have a ministry. Your light is your ministry. It's how you shine it at your job, at your family, at the dinner table with your friends, at the movies, at the park, at your apartment. Everywhere you go, you are made to shine your light. Do it, be it, love people, be kind, honor them, honor yourself. This is made to shine. Peeps, how are we doing? We are not sitting on the floor today. Uh, I'm sorry to disappoint if y'all liked my little sitting on the floor background, but we are talking about something today that is near and dear to my heart. It actually, the inspo for it came from a conversation I had with a guest earlier today on shining your faith in your job, in corporate. So story time. Um, And there's actually proof of this on my Instagram. So go look on my Instagram and you can, it's the Dear Younger Self post that I did. When I was little, I wanted to be a preacher. I did. And I remember I was like, in my, I think I was 10. I was like, "What, what do preachers do? What do preachers do? And I hadn't even been to a wedding at that point, but the only thing I could think that preachers did, not I did not think, oh, they they talk about God. That's not what I thought. I did not think, oh, they lead churches. That's not what I thought. I thought preachers marry people. And I want to be a preacher and tell people about Jesus. I've got to be good at marrying people. <laughs> this is real. So if you go on my Instagram, you can see there's a picture of me. I decided to host a wedding for my cat and dog to practice being a preacher. And I I invited the entire neighborhood. I um, made my sister be the flower girl 
and we cut up my mom's beautiful rose bush and put petals all down our driveway. And then my brother, I made be the ring bearer. And he, yeah, he also had to sweep up said rose petals after the service was done, which people actually showed up to. Okay. Uh, but when I, I literally this picture of me with like, I guess my, I thought preachers like constantly their hands are like this. And I had like my Bible and I was like, yes, blessed are bingo and inky and holy matrimony. Um, I say that because when I was little, I wanted to be a preacher. And when I was in college, um, I kind of that dream, it it wasn't as, I I didn't want to go to seminary. That's really what it was. I was like, I don't want to go to any more school. Um, So I was like, well, maybe I'll be a therapist. And then I was like, wait, I have to go to school to be that too? And so I found myself in sales. I found myself in sales. And I always joke, I fell into technology sales. That was not what I wanted. I wanted to be in bed device sales. And then COVID hit and only technology companies were hiring. So I fell into tech sales. And I went through this period that I say all that because I think a lot of you are feeling what maybe I felt, which in the beginning of my career, which is, God, I don't understand why you have me doing this. Like at the time, my other businesses and endeavors weren't making enough money that I wanted to live on, like, and my mind was comfortable for me to live on. So I needed to get a corporate job. And I was in that tech sales job and I was like, why, why are we doing, like, what do you have me here for God? What, what, you know, when you have just like those what moments with God, you're like, why? And, um, it was not glamorous, like in tech sales in the beginning, like to make your way up to what I'm doing now, which is closing business. You're, you're cold calling. Like you are just getting yelled at from not even it's like 7 30 AM until 6 PM. You are just, you suck. Hang up. Like you're, I've got called some awful names. Like you're cold calling every night for like six months. When I started doing this, uh, I was 22. 22, 23. Um, I did it for a while, that part of the career. I would cry and cry and cry because I'd be like, God, why do you have me doing this? Like, why am I here? Uh, and some of you are there. Like, you're like me and that you you feel called to do this thing, but you're not making enough money in this thing to where you need to go get another job, but that takes you away from doing this thing. And not only that, but you hate this thing that God called you to make money to be able to fund that thing. And you're just like, what? What? Why can't I just have a video go viral and be making a bajillion dollars a year? (laughs) Um, I feel you. I've been there. I've said all the things that I think not only that, but what I can tell you, um, That is a side note to what I really want to talk about today. But the side note here is there is beauty in this season of working maybe a job that you don't love or that you know isn't your end game or that you know isn't the reason why you're here on this earth. I don't believe that your passion, the thing that you love, like the reason you're here on this earth shows in just one avenue and like just one vehicle. I think the reason we're here on this earth is to to love God and love people. I think we get that from scripture. Jesus tells us that. And how God uses you to do that changes in your life, depending on if you're about to have a baby, if you just had a baby, if you're working a corporate job, if you're doing more entrepreneurial things, like 
it's just it's just true. And what I come came to the comfort in realizing is like through my corporate job, I had been able to love on and be a light for people in a space that really freaking needs it. Right? It's like I'm over here thinking, man, at the time, like, God, why can't I do all these entrepreneurial things, podcasting, my network marketing business, speaking. Um, why can't I do that full time? But God was like, oh, but Annie, there's a whole avenue of people that are sitting in a lot of darkness and a lot of angst and a lot of anxiety that I need you to go be a light in. And so for whatever it's worth, if it brings you comfort, I had comfort in knowing that like God was trusting me. God is trusting you with the people you're managing. God is trusting you with the job, with the title that you're holding. God is trusting you with the season that you're in. And part of stewarding that is saying, okay, maybe this isn't what I would have pictured, but God, who am I here to serve while I'm here? Who in this part of my journey do you need me to connect with and be a light for that I would have never in a bajillion years designed for myself? And when I got to that place, it made me enjoy my corporate work. It made me enjoy the jobs in my life that maybe I wouldn't have um, wanted to sit in for too long had I not had that perspective. And it kind of pegs this idea of, you know, for those of us that are believers, for those of us that believe in Jesus, it's like, how do you practically shine your faith in your job? I think what is important. We overcomplicate this so much, like so much. Shining your faith in your job is not about hitting people over the head with Bible verses when they do something crappy or do something wrong or do something that indicates maybe they aren't a believer or don't know Jesus. But in fact, I think you share Jesus by showing people Jesus. Not telling and scolding, but showing. And showing people Jesus means showing people his light of his spirit in you. It means showing them the fruits of the spirit in a place that maybe there's not a lot going on. It means being so kind to people that most people in your office never even look at. That people are like, that girl is so kind. That guy is so kind. It's being so forgiving. It's being so joyful in circumstances where no one else is joyful. It's being so actively grateful in places where there's not a lot of gratitude being shown. It's being so patient in times where patience is like the opposite thing that is on most people's mind. It's being so loving in environments that have so much judgment, so much gossip, that people are literally like, okay, either they are crazy, like they're crazy, they're looney tunes, they have too much serotonin going on in the neurotransmitters of their brain, 
or they know something that I don't. They are either so loco coco bonkers or they know something, someone in their heart that's led to this peace, to this love, to this patience, to this kindness that I am not yet experiencing in an environment I didn't think it was possible to experience that made them that way. That, in my experience working in the entrepreneurial world and in that realm, also speaking like to more of a secular audience at times, and working a corporate job with a lot of people that don't know Jesus, that is how you share Jesus. Like you can share Jesus without even saying Jesus's name because it's the fruits of the spirit that you share. And it makes people want to come to you and know who do you know? Who do you know that I don't know? That's led to this love in your heart. That's led to this light in your spirit. That's led to this peace in your soul. Who do you know? I've had some of the best conversations about Jesus Christ in the lunchroom of my old corporate job because, not because the person was a believer, but because they wanted to talk to me about how I am so joyful, about how. I have energy that I do, about how I have the excitement for life that I do, and the hope that I do, and the kindness that I do. And that's when I can say, oh, no, it's not natural. Because I wake up just wanting to not wake up and be like, oh, there's so much to do today. Like that's Annie Mayfield. But Jesus, Jesus gave me his spirit so I can be grateful. I can be kind. I can be joyful. In a situation that a lot of people aren't, I can come back to. It doesn't mean I'm perfect. There's times I complain. There's times I gossip. I'm not saying that I don't. I would never tell you that because that's not true. But what do you come back to? Is it kindness? Is it patience? Is it goodness? Is it loving? Is it care? What do you come back to? And in those moments, when you come back to that always, when that's your stable, when that's your steady, when that's your consistent, when that's your constant, people are like, what does she know? What does he know? That's how you share Jesus in your workplace. That's how you share Jesus in your family. That's how you share Jesus in your church. That's how you share Jesus at your college in your high school, in your middle school. That's how you do that. One of my favorite books in the Bible. So it's funny, this past year, I, um, I was traveling to New York for work. And on the ride home, so I, I was in a hotel and honestly, it wasn't, it wasn't a great work trip. It wasn't, it was one of those, you know, moments where you're like, all the insufficiency feelings just come out and all the irritable feelings just come out and all of the, you know, like if you work a job, okay, I don't want to limit this to just a job. You have this in your family. You have this with friendships, with relationships, whether you're an entrepreneur, whatever, whatever have you. You have moments where you're like, all the reasons you wouldn't want to be doing that thing, just they're concentrated in the matter of like 48 hours. And you're just like, yep, 
this sucks. And I was feeling all those things. And I was in my cab on the way back to the airport to go back to Atlanta. And I started talking to the driver. And he was like, uh, we were talking about, oh, good night. I don't know. Oh, when he came to New York. Um, this was a, this was like eight months ago. So my memory's a little fuzzy. But like when he came to New York, because he had an accent. He was from South Africa. And I was like, you know, how'd you get here? All the jazz. And he told me the story about 9-11 and how he was, he was there, like he was there on 9-11 and he had just come from South Africa when, when that was happening. And he really struggled with that after the fact, like he really struggled with what had happened. And long story short. He talked to a mentor a little while after this happened, and his mentor brought him to the book of Daniel. And, you know, fourth man in the fire. For those of you who don't know the story, there's a lot in the book of Daniel, but um, there's, you know, basically it's the time where um, Judah, excuse me. Okay. I have got to tell you about something I'm so stoked and so excited about. Um, If you're anything like me, you love jewelry. Like you love rings, you love bracelets, you love necklaces, you love earrings, you love all the jazz. I think jewelry is just the most fun way to express yourself. But it's even more fun when that jewelry has a sentiment. I mean, think about it. Like an engagement ring. Yes, it's pretty, but it it points back to a covenant between two people that's so much greater than just that piece of jewelry. Well, what if all of our jewelry was like that? I mean, I know for me, it's like, like a tattoo. Every time I look at it, it makes me think of the reason why I got that tattoo, the greater meaning. And I'm so excited to be partnering with Almond Blossoms Jewelry because they're doing exactly this, especially for my faith-based Christ followers out there, which I know so many of you guys are. Almond Blossoms Jewelry is doing some amazing things. And the mission behind it is so captivating. As I mean, I didn't even know this, but as they explained to me, God placed almond flowers, buds, and blossoms on the golden lampstand as a symbol of his watchfulness over our lives. Like, just imagine that you have a piece of jewelry from this company that's bringing you back to the reminder of God's watchfulness over your life. And even the Hebrew word for almond is shacked. I don't think I'm saying that right, but shacked, which means to watch. And so every piece of their jewelry comes from this watchfulness of God idea. And the logo of the almond blossom is on all of it to connect the Old and the New Testament. And and I just, I love that. I know for myself wearing their their jewelry, every time I look at it, I'm reminded God's got me. He knows me. He loves me. And he's watching over my life. And right now, considering holiday season's coming up and maybe you need a good stocking stuffer or something for your friend, you can use the code SHINE15 for 15% off. That is SHINE15 for 15% off. I'm so excited for all of us to be decorated with the reminder of the watchfulness of God this Christmas season. King Nebuchadnezzar from Babylon just took over, just besieged Jerusalem. So took the people of Jerusalem and they took a lot of captives and a lot of those, and there were some men in particular, and Daniel was one of them. And the whole book is about how like God's hand was on the life of these men 
despite them being under the authority of a kingdom that is against the God that they worship, that is against all that they stand for. That'll preach. We'll get to that in a second. But this, the, my taxi driver was telling me the, about the, the fourth man in the fire. Like they basically, they made all these rules. They put Daniel and not Daniel, but his other friends in um, the fire and they didn't get burnt. So like they're in this fire, they're not getting burned. And instead they see from above what seems to be a fourth person in the fire. And my taxi driver was just telling me like, you know, that always stuck with me because you think about 9-11 and the fires that were happening. And, and he's like, even in the bad, even in the dark, there's always a fourth man in the fire. There's always someone in there with you. And then I got back and I went to coffee with a friend like three days after that. And we were talking about his testimony. And he was like, you know, I wasn't a believer for a long time, but then I picked up a Bible at the hotel room and I just opened it and it opened to the book of Daniel. And we went into his story, but you know, what's amazing is God will speak, like in my life, at least God repeats stories in the Bible to me that I think he wants me to look at. And when I was going through this period of really struggling with like, what's my purpose? What am I doing? Because I'm doing this thing and, and I'm good at it and I'm seeing success in it, but I, it's not the thing I want to be doing. Like, it's not where I feel like, God, you've called me to go be a light. Isn't that funny how we like tell God where he should call us to be a light? And at the time, whether I liked it or not, like God was calling me to be a light in this corporate world. He was calling me to be a light for my clients, for my friends, for my teammates. And when I look at the book of Daniel, it brings me so much comfort because I think sometimes we say like the hand of God is on your life when we're successful in the exact area that we want to be successful. But when you look at the book of Daniel, it's like Daniel went through multiple different kings, okay? So at first it was King Nebuchadnezzar. So we got King Nebi over there and then came his um, son. I'm gonna, it's like Bel Belshazzar. My Bible, scholar, my Bible scholars out there are like, oh, this girl. Oh, this girl. I know that's probably not how you pronounce it. Um, but all that to say, and then came King Darius. And there were all these different kings. So imagine it's like you're working your job and your company gets acquired by this parent company that detests the person that created your company. And all of a sudden you're being acquired and you're going to work for this parent company. And the one that created the initial company you're at is like helping you by giving you all of these gifts and this understanding and this wisdom to climb the ranks. And so, you know, this parent company, different bosses come and different bosses come and different bosses come and independent of who your boss is, you are successful. And I look at that because I think so many of us need to be reminded of that. It's that with whatever we do in life, it's not our boss. It's not our job. It's not our relationship. It's not our friendship that defines how we're going to be successful in that thing. It's, it, it's how we keep our eyes on the God who's above all of those things. It's how we keep our eyes on Jesus in the middle of those things. Daniel falls under King Nebuchadnezzar's reign. 
and he climbs up the ranks because it says in uh, Daniel blah, 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 1, 17, God gave these four young men an unusual aptitude for understanding every aspect of literature and wisdom. And God gave Daniel the special ability to interpret the meanings of visions and dreams. And so basically that all to say, you're going to be successful in whatever God's trusted you with in this time, not because you're so great, not because you have to have it all figured out, but because God's going to give you the ability to walk out that road that he's called you to. And I think about in my own life, like, I feel like there's a lot of doors that have been opened for me that I didn't knock on and not because I'm so great, not because like I'm so impressive, but it's because God has given me a gift in one area or another that I just have been obedient and walking out even when I was scared, even when my voice shook. And so a word of encouragement for you, wherever you are, like in your job, I know I've concentrated more of this into like faith in your job. It also is faith in your relationships. It's faith in your friendships. It's faith in, in your entrepreneurial endeavors, whatever has you. But I think that this generation, you guys coming up, we need to be reminded that walking out our faith and showing our faith to the world doesn't look like screaming scripture verses on people, but it looks like how well we love people. You know, God said the, or Jesus was talking about the number one commandments, like love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. He didn't say memorize the word of God. He didn't, he didn't say know every single Bible verse in the Bible. That's great. But guess what? The Pharisees also knew a crap ton of Bible verses in scripture. They knew it all. They had it all memorized. And Jesus says, love, love God, love your people. How we share Jesus is by loving, whether it's at our corporate job, whether it's with those clients that are poopy heads to us. And it's the way we carry ourselves with grace in response. It's the way we love our friends. It's the way we love our teachers. It's the way we show up to practice on time, loving our coaches, loving the opportunity we have that day. It's the way that we love in all areas of our life. That's why I get so fired up about what what's going on with Made to Shine, because I think we need to be reminded that your ministry is your life. It's every avenue God has trusted you to hold in your life. Whether that's right now, you being a stay-at-home mom. Whether that's right now, you being the librarian on the side of the, 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 the intersection, the library nobody goes to. Are there still libraries? I don't know. Whether it's your speaker or writer, whether it's you're a manager of a team at that marketing firm, whether it's you're a brand new fiance or a brand new husband or a brand new wife or a preacher or a pastor or a minister or a friend or a sister or a daughter or a son or a brother. I don't, I don't care. Anything that you do, you have a ministry. It's how you live your life and shine your light and let your love flow in all spaces that you hold. And that includes your job. I think you change the world by going to the places in the world that God trusted you with and shining your light there. And I get it. 
There's some of you that are thinking, yeah, Annie, that's great for you. Like people like you are doing that. Wahoo. But like, I'm a nobody. I only go to this job and then I go to that gym and then I go to bed. Like that's literally my day. What difference is that going to make in the world? And I say that because I felt that way too at times. I looked at people that were saying things like this and maybe had a platform or were so well-known. And I was like, but I'm a nobody. What difference am I going to make? Do you not understand that there are people in your life that I'm never going to meet? There's people in your life that Taylor Swift is never going to meet. There's people in your life that God trusted you with at your job, at your workplace, at your apartment, in your neighborhood, in your family, that that person you think is so much better than you and has so much more influence than you is never going to get to speak to. But you can. And that's how the world changes. Is when you walk away from this message, not thinking how cool and awesome Annie Mayfield is, but how empowered you are because you have the spirit of God in you to go be a light in your space that God has trusted you with. There's no wasted time. I look back in my life and there's seasons that I do think I rushed through. And there's seasons that I remember I wish, you know, looking back like at the time, it was like, oh, this is never going to end. But God was using me for something that was deeper than I could have ever imagined. Deeper. Maybe not as well known, but deeper. There's people I connected with at that, those jobs or those in the, that college campus that, that it went deeper. And God needed me to connect with that person in that way. And anonymity. Same for you. That's ministry. Like that's living life. That's living your life. That's showing your faith in the workplace and the campus and your relationships and your friendships. Daniel never took his eyes off God. And the one thing I just want to leave you with is yes, it, sharing Jesus is more about showing him through the fruit of your spirit. But to do that, you can't take your eyes off God. And you might have a boss or a manager or a coach or a leader in your life at a company you're working for or a, just a place that you reside. And you might not like them very much. Or maybe you love them. I know I've had people like I've been blessed with just great leaders in my life. Um, and only a few, but but amazing. and. At the end of the day, though, you might work for them, but you serve only one God. So whatever you're doing right now, remember, it might not look like the work of the kingdom, but it is the work of the kingdom because you serve only one God. That's why I'm like, yo, companies, you should want to hire people that believe in Jesus because when you believe in Jesus, you take what he's trusted you with very seriously and you want to do a good job, not for your boss, not for um, the VP, not for the C-suites, but for God, because God trusted you with that thing. When I was cold calling for a bazillion hours a day, it felt like, <laughs> and getting yelled at, I didn't keep going for my boss at the time. 
I didn't keep going for my manager at the time. I've kept going because I thought, well, shoot, for some reason, God trusted me with this job. And as sucky as it is, I want to do my best. I want to prepare my best. I want to be my best for him, for him. And so be your best, show up as your best, honor the season for him, just like Daniel did. And God will take care of that. He'll take care of the outcome. Your job is obedience. God's job is outcome. I'm going to say it again. Your job, obedience. God's job, outcome. And I love you. And I see you. And I pray that this message blesses you. And I pray it doesn't just stay here. And it doesn't just stay here. And it doesn't just stay here. But it moves out here. So that you can go be the light in this world that God has called you to be. Because you have that power in you. And you have that light in you. And you have that spunk in you. And we need you. I'm telling you this. Like the reason I am not doing, watching Suits right now, which I love Suits, and instead taking time out of my day to tell you this is because I truly believe that's when the world changes, is if we have more people stepping into their light that God gave them through his Holy Spirit that was given to us when Jesus died on the cross for us and we accepted Jesus into our hearts. When we have more people living in that light, that's how the world changes. One beam of light at a time. And you shine that in all spaces that you hold. So go be a light today. It's not a funny catchphrase. It's, an, it's a call to action. Go. Do it. Be it. Not because I need you to do it. Not because other people need you to do it. Not because God needs you to do it. But the world's starving for it. And you can play a part in that. Whether you feel like you're in a space of purpose-filled confirmation or not. I love you. I'm proud of you. I'm cheering you on. And I pray this blesses you. Sending you love. Thank you. 
Hey, beautiful people. I hope this episode blessed you. Two quick things before you tune me out. One, if this podcast means anything to you, if you find value from it, I really am asking you to leave a review. It helps me out a ton. It also helps get this word out to anybody else God wants it to be put on their heart. Second thing is if you're ever like me and don't have a full hour or 40 minutes to designate to a full podcast episode, I have a brand new podcast for you. It's the baby podcast of this parent podcast, Made to Shine. It's called Made to Shine Minute. It is literally 60 seconds every single morning of an idea, a nugget put on my heart, what have you. I hope it blesses you. You can find it everywhere you look for podcasts.